The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I am your host. It is Monday, April 26th. If you are listening to the podcast, it is April 25th, Sunday afternoon. If you are watching on YouTube, we go live on our Sunday shows for our mock drafts. I don't know if we'll do live Sunday shows moving forward, but this, because this is our final mock draft. Mock Draft Monday, 11.0, and we're bringing out all the big guns for it. We're going to do all 32 selections for the first round with Ryan Wilson, Chris Trapasso, and Josh Edwards. What's up, fellas? Hey, hey, hey. What's up? Can't wait to see you guys uh, a week from today so we can start talking about the 2022 Mock Drafts. Yeah, please, no. (laughs) I love those mock drafts. It's like when you, when you go to do a 2022 mock draft that, you know, immediately after doing the 2021 mock or 2021 draft, it is abjectly terrifying to look at a list of prospects and be like, I don't know who any of these guys are. Last year was easy because Trevor Lawrence, I actually have been looking yeah. at some of the guys. I don't know who's going to be number one. Like I don't love Sam Howell nearly as much as Brinson does. And as Debo will attest, Brinson's first overall pick heading into the 2019 season. Oh, come on. But, was none other than Jacob Fromm. <laughs> but you know what stinks is, wait, what year was that again? 2019? It must have been 20, 2019 season to the 2020 draft. Way too early 20, no, 20, it would have been 2019 because it wouldn't have been last year's mock draft. Right. NFL mock draft, Brinson. Let's see what that selection was. Uh, it, it ended Fromm, up being, no, I know, but I'm, but, uh, I ended up being really, uh, the the draft the the mock ended up being very accurate. I was at Will Greer the year before, uh, number two to the to the Giants, so that didn't work out mm. very well. But anyway, we don't need to talk about the past. Let's talk about the future and the mock. Speaking of the future, by the way, we will have a draft props preview show coming up. Should be a bunch of more props popping up this week as we head into the draft. A draft mailbag, bold predictions, burning questions, and each night after the draft, we will be doing a live recap podcast on YouTube. So go to youtube.com slash pick six and you can stream those live reaction shows and chat with us uh, as we are doing those. Of course, we will have recaps up uh, in the podcast feed as well. So make sure to subscribe and it's draft season. So tell a friend to come check it out. By the way, I want to talk to you about the CBS Sports mobile app. As you know, it's my go-to for live scores and breaking news. But it's NFL Draft Week, and I want to let you in on a little football fan hack here. If you don't have the app, you can download it for free on your mobile app store. And it's always free, just like CBS Sports HQ. And once you have the app, or if you already have the app, make sure you 
your NFL team news and draft alerts are turned on via the settings screen. It takes about five seconds. You'll not only get updates on each pick your team makes, but also the pick is in breaking news if your team makes a big trade and lightning fast analysis like draft grades and player comps on each of your team's draft picks. CBS app is the CBS sports app is the best way to never miss an NFL draft moment. So if you haven't yet, fire open the CBS sports mobile app and get your mobile war room ready with those settings. Um, by the way. Somebody needs to hold Pete Prisker's feet to the fire on some of these grades. Pete, bang the table. Bang the table. I love Justin Herbert. I love Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is great. And then he gave the Chargers a B for taking him. <laughs> yeah, he also weird. is uh saying Mac is going three. Mac Jones is going three this year, but he, he doesn't think Mac Jones is going three. Like he he's riding both sides of the Wait, wait, he's saying man. he's saying Mac is going three but shouldn't go three, right? Yeah, but he'll come back around and say, No, he's going three. But I don't think he should go through. I talked to people that think he's a third round pick. He's, uh, he's AJ McCarron with some fire in his belly. That AJ McCarron comp is so disrespectful. It's so disrespectful. <laughs> uh, AJ McCarron, almost as disrespectful as AJ McCarron at the combine comparing himself to Tom Brady. Yeah. That was bad. Yeah. All right. All right we got, we got 32 picks to make. So let's, uh, let's, as my son likes to say, get down on it, baby. Nice. I, don't know where, I don't know where he gets it from. Do you know where that's from, Brian? There's a song called Get Down On It back in the day. Remember that song? Uh, Were you yeah. playing that in the house, Will? Get no, down no, 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 no. No, no, it's a uh, – that's not what he's saying. No, there's some meme thing. He's big into memes these days. Oh, yeah, Cool in the Gang. That's it. Get Down On It. That's what it was. Nice. <laughs> you know that song? Yes, Ryan. Everybody knows that song. Well, you asked me where you got it from. I'm telling you where you got it Is from. Is that the name of it? I feel like that's not the name of it. 100%. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Yeah. Get Down On It. Yeah, Robbie's a big Cool in the Gang fan. He actually is a big Cool in the Gang fan. Go, Robbie. All right, there we go. That's enough of that. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to get sued. Uh, yeah, actually, you know what? You know what his favorite one of his favorite songs is uh, Jungle Boogie. Jungle Boogie. There you go. So there you go. Uh, Traps, you are on the clock at number one. Let's make it right, short. Gonna, Let's make it sweet. Make I'm, your pick. I'm for the be, you traded out. Traps traded. <laughs> he traded to the Patriots. Oh my God. No, you're taking Trevor no, no. Lawrence. We're, we're taking Trevor Lawrence and I won't be, I won't waste any time because Josh is going to be really upset if the Jaguars actually take more than five seconds on the real clock on Thursday. So Trevor Lawrence, no hesitation whatsoever. Is that, is that a, is that a, you say Josh is like the Jets GM or like Josh is just going to be mad if the NFL drags just, it out? As a human being. They're going to drag it out and just to not, because we got to write a lot. We got to react and it's going to be midnight oh, yeah. or 1 a.m. So like the Jaguars could just be like the draft is now open. Like Roger Goodell always says, they need to just say, all right, it's Trevor Lawrence. Move on. Jets pick. Yeah. But they're not going to do that. No, no, they're going to, they'll drag, they're going to drag it out as much as humanly possible. It's going to be very frustrating for you, Josh. Yeah. They'll wait until the last minute to make the pick, even though we've all known who they're going to take for the past couple of months because the last year. It's, it's a, it's a, well, yeah, probably. It's a good branding opportunity for the organization, but, uh, I'm not here yeah. to care about your brands. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not either. It's like, look, man, this is going to be a long night. Let's get it moving. But they have it produced out. They, you know, they're going to stretch it out. And I would personally be nervous that we were going to mess up and not get the card in. So I would have the, I would have the card in before the draft started. But listen, I don't care what happens. You need to give us Trevor Lawrence and just put the Jets on the clock, which they are now on our mock draft. Josh Edwards, you are up at number two as Joe Douglas. Who are you taking? With the number two overall pick, the New York Jets select Zach Wilson, quarterback from BYU. Why Any? not, why not Justin Fields? 
I mean, we all know they're going to take Zach Wilson at this point. Like, personally, I still like Zach Wilson over Justin Fields. I like both of them quite a bit. They're both top 10 players to me. Um, I just think Zach Wilson's a really natural passer of the football. And I think uh, at the end of the day, he's going to be able to lean on that and have a successful career. Oh, so, okay. I have one more question. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I was just going to say this is, uh, this is important to note too. You are doing what you think the Jets will do, but also yeah. what, what yeah. you would do if you were the, if you it's were doing this. Yeah. So what are the odds this uh, this next question relates to Mac Jones? Well, before we move on to that, because <laughs> we, we know the odds on this one. Why not Mac Jones at two? Yeah. Now, the question is this. Who is more likely to have success in New York City, the one-year wonder from Provo, Utah, or a guy who's played some pretty high-level football at Ohio State the last year and a half? Very disrespectful to Mormons, but you're probably probably Justin Fields. No, Provo, Utah residents, not Mormons. Just everyone who lives in. Nah, I know what it was. You've got a Mormon bias, and they're three percent alcohol content. <laughs> you anti-Mormite. So I think it's I think it's a fair question, but Zach Wilson has a little different background than you know an average quarterback coming out of BYU. Um, his family is you know supposedly fairly well off, and he's had some pretty. Uh, you know, awesome, unique experiences throughout his life. So it's probably not as overwhelming for him as it might be, you know, for, for Joe Schmo coming out of BYU. <laughs> Disrespect for the Schmo family. The Schmo family. <laughs> <laughs> also worth, also worth noting too with, uh, Zach Wilson. I don't know that he's ever said that he is or isn't a Mormon and he is not taking a mission. He's skipping the mission thing. So I don't know. I'm just kind of interesting to know. Yeah, Maybe I mean, there are a lot of that matters I mean, really. Jamal Williams. BYU? Is that Jamal going to be BYU? Yeah. yeah. I, yes. I don't think he was a Mormon either. There's plenty of p- players at BYU that aren't Mormons or do missions. Well, but if, if, if he was indeed a Mormon, you would at least have some hesitancy of him potentially to be like, you know what? After a year, I think it's time for me to take the mission now. And you're like, whoa, no, no, you can't take the mission on your rookie contract. Yeah. Anywho, moving along to number three, the pivot point. The draft starts at three, they all say. And, uh, unfortunately, a lot of suspense we, here. Well, we, well, there's no suspense. If there'd be suspense, <laughs> if we give it to the pick to Traps or Edwards, but we gave it to Ryan Wilson. So we know who the 49ers are taking it through. A trade down with the Patriots. Um, I know, right? Uh, who, who are you going with, Wilson? McCorkle Jones. You know what's going to happen there. So I so desperately want McCorkle Jones to be a Hall of Famer. Like at this point, I'm so deeply invested in, and the thing is that as it, the way it started in the fall and early in the draft process after the football seasons were over, it's like, oh, I like him. He's a good guy. I, I think based on what I've heard, he'll be a top 10 pick. And as I mocked him through either to either the Eagles at six or the, uh, the, um, Falcons at four, those fan bases were so outrageously irate that I just sort of leaned, I pulled a Princeton and leaned into it. And then once the trade happened, interestingly enough, everyone and their brother in the media got on the Mac Jones train. I don't know if he's going three, and he very well may not. I've talked to people that know Shanahan pretty well, and they have no idea what he's going to do. Like, Mac Jones makes sense in terms of having success because he had the most success with Matt Ryan. And you could say, well, he had success with RG3 too, but he had to sort of re- revamp that offense. Based on I, that. I, I, I just not to, I would, I, what you're saying and hinting at is, I, I think something that needs to be more strongly talked about. The Shanahan's didn't want RG3. Right. And they didn't want to change up their offense to make a, like a read option for RG3. They did all of that out of the, out of necessity. And because Dan Snyder flexed on them and made them take RG3, made them trade up and take RG3 at two. They liked Ryan, they liked Ryan Tannehill better than RG3. And clearly they thought Kirk Cousins was a, a, you know, potential fit there too. So 
I, I think any RG3 discussion as it relates to Mac Jones or Justin Fields should be thrown out the window personally. And, and it, it's, it's being used too much as a way to describe quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan likes. And I don't think that Kyle Shanahan and, and Mike Shanahan liked RG3. And I certainly don't think they, they like the fact that they got fired because it didn't work out. That said, that doesn't mean that, uh, Kyle Shanahan does not want to evolve, uh, his coaching to include a quarterback like Justin Fields or Trey tra- tra- Lance. So that, I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen here. Um, I was happy when the trade happened because it sort of justified what I've been hearing. But if Mac Jones doesn't go three, then we'll have to see what happens there. I still think he goes in the top 10, just a matter of a team trading up for him. Um, I've heard that the Lions aren't big on Mac Jones, but who the hell knows what the Lions are going to do anyway. So that may not matter at seven. Um, by the way, Jeremy Fowler was on Sports Center, uh, I believe, on Sunday morning. Just passing this along. I, I read this, uh, somebody at, um, somebody at Bleacher Report wrote this using his quote. Like he, he wasn't actually, you know, he didn't tweet it out or anything. He said, I'm told the work is done in Santa Clara. They have wrapped up their draft meetings officially. They're ready to make this pick, but it's in the hands of Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. They're probably not telling anybody. Nobody in that building knows and doesn't expect to know until Thursday. But the coaches broke down Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance this week together in a neutral process. I'm told they've kept an open mind with Justin Fields and Trey Lance winning them over. They had a good process, but there's still a decent amount of buzz league-wide about Mac Jones. So well, no one knows is the, is the takeaway. Nobody knows. I, I have a hard time believing they traded up to three without knowing who they wanted to take. Right. It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, all right, we'll just trade up and figure it out later. Like that doesn't, it doesn't pass the smell test. Um, Josh and Chris, I'm curious, you guys, what grade would you give Wilson for taking Mac Jones three overall? Josh, you go first. <laughs> Josh is not going to be kind. I'm trying to, uh, no, I'll be, I'll be kind, you know. No, um, no, do not be kind. Let's, uh, let's be go honest. with, let's go with a, I'll give it a C plus. Thank you for the plus. Yeah. <laughs> Traps, what about you? I'll be, I'll be a little harsher. I'll say C because <laughs> they need a quarterback. I, I think he's similar that. to Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and quarterback's the most valuable position. They need to. You, you better hope there. he's not similar to Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> right. You just trade. That's why I'm going to see. That's why I'm not. Yeah. One thing I don't get that I'll just like finish this whole, uh, Mac Jones thing is why like the 49ers would be out there like pushing that they really like Mac Jones if they don't really like, like Mac Jones, unless they want like a team so, to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that's the one thing I have not been able to understand throughout this process. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying, why would they, why would they at, at, at three, like they trade up to three, they, they know Zach Wilson's going to, or everyone believes that, but they didn't know that at the time. Cause remember they traded up to three before Sam Darnold was traded. So they, so they weren't sure what the jets were going to do. I think they moved up once they had a good idea of what the jets were going to do, yeah. but they couldn't for sure. And if you're, if you're the 49ers and you like Justin Fields or you like Trey Lance and you want like to me, and I, we don't want to linger on this too long, but like if the, if, if the, if the Jets, who are almost entirely comprised of former Kyle Shanahan assistants in terms of their coaching staff, found out that yeah. Kyle Shanahan loves Trey Lance or Justin Fields, they're going to do a lot of due diligence. I think they spend the next two weeks doing due diligence on that whatever guy that, that it is. Instead, they think it's Mac Jones, and they're not – maybe they do some due diligence on Mac Jones, they check him out, but they're not thinking we're taking Mac Jones over, over Zach Wilson. Okay. It, it's just been a weird – 
smoke screen to kind of sift through and depending on whose pro day was that day, like the odds change for who's going to be number three overall. But yep. in this mock, it, it was obviously going to be Mac Jones. Yeah. With Ryan Wilson making the pick, it was going to be Mac Jones. It's, it's, <laughs> it had to be. It's going to be a fascinating and potentially expensive third pick overall on Thursday <laughs> night. I'm, 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 I'm kind of excited. You know, I, I don't. How are you? Let me ask you this. Uh, are you willing to divulge how much you have on Mac Jones going plus three and a half? Is that what you're at? <laughs> oh, you don't boy. have to, but let me I'll ask him. Uh, why, don't, why, don't, why don't you get, why don't you set an over under on how much you think I have on Mac Jones going over, over three and a half? Yeah. $250. It's over. I'm taking, I was going to say, I'm taking the over. You can take the over on that <laughs> one too. All right. So let me ask you this question. How, how comfortable are you percentage wise that Mac Jones goes over three and a half right now? Oh, I'm wildly uncomfortable. Give me a percentage, like twenty five percent over under on that. I think I'm. I think I'm just fifty fifty. I, I don't oh, think God. anybody knows, and I don't. I won't believe it's Mac Jones until Roger Goodell says Mac Jones. Same I, with I me. do. I do. However, I am not because even though I'm like planting my flag and 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 making these bets, I am not going to plant my flag against Mac Jones if he goes to San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. That's how strongly I believe in Kyle Shanahan and what he does as a coach. I will not be, you know, poo-pooing Mac Jones and his chances to succeed that's, in San Francisco. That's the other thing, too. Like, if Mac Jones is going to the Jets, he's probably out of the league in three years. Or, like, if the Lions or Panthers make this yep. trade and we hear it's for Mac Jones, it is the laughing stock of the entire league for a month straight. That's right. That's yeah, it's got to be 49ers. Like 49ers, Patriots, and Rams are probably the only teams to get away with it if you didn't have Matthew Stafford. That, mm-hmm. that, I agree with that. And that's also why I still feel like there's a pretty good chance it's, it's Justin Fields. Oh, I don't so, think it's McCor- I don't think it's Justin. Time machine back to 2018. It was less than 48 hours before the draft that anyone had an idea Cleveland was taking Baker Mayfield yep. number one overall. So it's entirely possible you can keep a secret in today's Hey Josh, NFL. what were the names in the weeks leading up to 20 to the to the Baker Field, uh, Baker Mayfield announcement that we sort of knew? Who were the first guys going first overall? Well, but before you answer, it was that, Allen and Darnold. It was almost yeah. assuredly Darnold. Yeah, yeah, it was almost yeah. Darnold was a lock, and on a Thursday morning. I, I, this is one of the most exciting betting moments, days of my life when the buzz started building that it was going to be Baker Mayfield going first overall. And it didn't, it didn't come out. I don't think until Hugh, did Hugh Jackson leak it? No, I think, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That's what happened is Dorsey didn't tell anybody, including Hugh Jackson until the morning of the draft. And he told Hugh Jackson. And then like as the second he, he told, told Mike Hugh. Silver. Well, it wasn't even Mike Silver. I think it was <laughs> the, the second he called Hugh, it was like, pew, 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 pew. You know, like it, it started flying out there. Hugh was telling everybody Baker was eight to one to be the first overall pick wow. on Thursday morning. I mean, we, I, I absolutely sl- like, sl- oh, you were that. Yes. You're, you're betting prospect then. Okay. Yeah. Well, good for you. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, let's Thursday morning. I think we'll start seeing some mock drafts pop up this week. And, and, and we'll see how, what direction things go. But Thursday morning, Josh is right. You, you never know. I mean, it could be Kyle Pitts at three. <laughs> I mean, it would, nothing would surprise hilarious. me. It would be hilarious. But in this case, it was not Kyle Pitts at three. Kyle Pitts went, uh, Mac Jones went three. And that puts me on the board with the, with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I called around 
to all my pals, the Panthers. Actually, I didn't call the Panthers because I hate them, even though I am the Panthers. I called around to all these different teams to try and get a trade down. Nobody was willing to pay the price to move up. I didn't want to move down to 15 because I think this draft is a, you know, a, a 11 or 12 star draft, 11 or 12 player draft in terms of stars. And instead of trying to, you know, get cute and trade down, I just want to get the best talent possible. I want, I want Matt Ryan's final few years in Atlanta. He tries to make a push for a Hall of Fame run to be enjoyable. So let's give him Kyle Pitts, the best player on the board remaining. What do you guys think? Well, I think it's interesting that, like, as of a week or two ago, people were, like, not really sure what the Falcons would do. Are they going to pick a quarterback? Are they definitely going to be a trade-down team? Like, Adam Schefter sent that tweet out a few weeks ago that they were exploring, uh, you know, possibly trading down. And now it's like seems like the lock of the top 10, like after those first two picks, like that they are going to pick Kyle Pitts. And for a lot of what you just said, well, I think it would be an awesome selection. Like he's to some the best, if you're taking away positional value, the best player after Trevor Lawrence, or even more so than Trevor Lawrence in, in this draft class, Matt Ryan restructured. He's got two more years as a starter. It makes a lot of sense for the Falcons. See, I think when the rubber meets the road, this is ultimately where a quarterback is going to be taken. I don't know if Atlanta is going to be that team or if it's going to be the destination and a trade-up. But call it a gut feeling. I just I feel like Thursday this is going to be a quarterback. So, Ooh. Josh, let me ask you this, though. If you're the Falcons and you're trading down and you're not getting Kyle Pitts, you okay with that? Well, if I'm the Falcons, I'm taking a quarterback, first of all, because I don't think they're a piece or two away from the Super Bowl. Um, and if you want to be in a position where Washington or Chicago is this time next year, then sure, go ahead take Kyle Pitts. Pick number 16 overall next year and have no shot at a quarterback uh, when all these other teams have draft capital, get up there and take one. So that's where my head is at. I mean, if you're going to take a, a player that's not a quarterback, yeah, Kyle Pitts would be my pick. But uh, I'm taking a quarterback all day if I'm Atlanta. The issue is, and I don't believe people are talking about this enough around the league. Which Matt Ryan's restructured contract. If they were to cut him before 2021 – $71 million in dead cap hit. Now they're not going to cut him before this year, even if they draft Justin Fields or even Mac Jones at four. Um, before, if they cut before 2022, it's before June 1st, which is what you would presumably want to do or trade him. It's $40.5 million in dead cap space. Now maybe 2022 is his last year. I just have a hard time believing that. I, I think the Falcons said, we're, we're getting this guy. We're keeping this guy for two years. Now maybe Trey Lance is a guy that you can. Keep for, for, you know, keep on the bench for two years? No, there's no guy going to the top 10 that's going to sit on the bench for two years. That's the thing. Right? Yeah. Jordan Love? No. <laughs> my guy, Jordan Love. Mac Jones? Yeah. Mac, Mac Jones. Jones. Might two years behind Jimmy G. If Mac Jones doesn't start as a quarterback, he has the athleticism to be a cornerback. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but what, 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 what a hill to die on. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. That is like the dude's name is literally McCorkle. I'm like, no, this is my guy, McCorkle. <laughs> I hope McCorkle falls to like 25. And Ryan, it's just Ryan's keep a camera on Ryan all night long. And I will be, I just watched, I rewatched the Aaron Rodgers documentary in NFL films about him sitting there all day. And that was 19, that was 2005. They only had six players they invited to the draft back then. So he's wow. just, it's, you know, Antro Roll was the, the last guy before him to go and he went pretty early. So that dude was there for five hours by himself in that green room with the camera guy and Susie Colbert just pestering him with questions like, Hey, how do you feel now? Yeah, yeah. terrible with his soul patch and nothing else. 
Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, Brady, our pal Brady Quinn didn't exactly have a fun. No, yeah, he slid. He they slid. haven't done the uh, documentary on that. But, Brady, um, the, the Brady doc? But it was about the whole entire 2005 draft. But Aaron Rodgers was clearly the focal point because, uh, you know, it didn't work out. In the end, um, it worked out, but not, not on draft day. Correct. All right, number five, fifth, picking fifth, the Cincinnati Bengals, America's favorite cheapskate. Chris Chapasso, you get to be Mike Brown. <laughs> I'm Mike Brown, and I'm picking Jamar Chase, although I, I do think the real Mike Brown will probably lean offensive lineman. I think the connection with Joe Burrow cannot be overstated. This is the consensus top receiver in the class, uh, and I think a way to help Joe Burrow to not get banged up as much as he did last year and then obviously end the season prematurely on injury reserve is let him get the ball out quicker. And you do that with guys who can get open guys who he has a connection with. That's Jamar chase. And you pick your tackle in the second round. I, I know. I think like most of Cincinnati Bengals Twitter has kind of leaned Penny Sewell the last couple of weeks, but I think this, it might still be Sewell, but I would pick Jamar chase. And, and really it, it's kind of like a coin flip. They're both really good players, good prospects, and they both filled needs there in Cincinnati. So uh, uh, while we're while we're talking about the Bengals, by the way, I'm going to do the the bad sound thing where I where I play something over my microphone. But did you guys see um, when the Colts took Trev Alberts back in like 30 years ago? I I watched that NFL Films documentary too on the 1994 um, draft. Yeah. But yeah, so, yeah, it's awesome. The Colts, the Colts GM was Bill Tobin, who's who's he's in the Bengals personnel department now. Duke Tobin is their is GM. It Duke's dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. this is uh, this is what he had to say about Mel Kiper. After who in the hell is Mel Kiper in a way? I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. In my knowledge of him, he's never, ever put on a jock strap. He's never been a coach. He's never been a scout. He's never been an administrator. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our papers two days ago telling us who we have to take. We don't have to take anybody that Mel Kuyper says we have to take. Mel Kuyper has career. no to do what he's doing than my neighbor, and my neighbor's a postman, and he doesn't even have season tickets to the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> like Love it. Absolute um, on-air savage murder of Mel Kuyper. <laughs> but you're suggesting that it made his its its career took off. Yeah, I think so. I think I mean, if if a GM came out there and, and hammered Will Brinson, I mean, you're already very well known, Will. Obviously, yeah, let's settle, let's but down. I think having a GM come out there and like say your name on the air, even if it is something as savage as that, I think people will start to especially today, Google, like, who is Will Brinson or who is Josh Edwards or who is Chris Trapasso? I think that helped him. So the funny thing is, like, I, I, I literally just watched that documentary yesterday after the – um. How, where did you watch it, by the way? You can actually watch it on NFL Films on YouTube channel, their YouTube channel, so you can oh, watch okay. it, cool, quote, cool. unquote, legally. And then they're running all this stuff on on NFL Network this weekend. Okay. Uh, so it was hilarious. And then that was the same draft as Trent Dilfer because that's what um, – That's who Kuiper wanted the Colts to take, yeah. But here's the thing, and and, and – Delfer said this in the documentary and then, um, Florio wrote about it on, on Pro Football Talk on Sunday. Uh, he was not going to Indianapolis. His agent had said, I'm not going to Indianapolis. They thought they were going to Washington. And if you watch the clip, and I don't know if you were watching the clip or just playing the audio, Brinson, you can see them cut back to Kuiper and he looks like, Oh my God, this guy is crapping all over me. The only reason they cut to Kuiper and Florio wrote about this on, on Sunday is because they, excuse me, didn't want to show Trent Delfer's wife crying. Because she wanted to go to D.C. She'd been house shopping in D.C. And she thought, oh, my God, we're going to D.C. And she was bawling. And they said, don't cut to her. So they cut to Kuiper looking as he's getting slapped around by by Tobin. And the only thing I wish Kuiper would have said when they came back to him, I, I wish he would have said, 
You know what? I'm wearing a jock strap right now, Bill Tobin. So take that. <laughs> that uh, as an, as an, also as an interesting aside, when we talk about Washington and Trent Dilfer, they, you know, Washington took Keith Schuler instead. North Carolina, baby. That's right. What? what? He's from North Carolina. He played out, uh, way out west. And he, he, played, he played at Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. No, no, he, yeah, he grew up in North Bryson City. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, when I was at Mac- the Macaulay School in high school, yeah, shout out, go. shout out, shout out, Big Blue baby. Um, when I was there, we'd have chapel every day, and you'd have guest speakers come in. I've actually been a guest speaker. They invited me back. Yeah, I guess. You know. <laughs> what a world! See, I said it. Yeah, very well um, known. At any rate, celeb. Yeah, that's right. Here's right. So I go. So I, but we were sitting there, and they had Heath Schuler come and talk to us, and Heath Schuler did. A, let me let me stop you. Which level of Heath Schuler? Like after Tennessee, Washington Heath Schuler, or when he sort of wasn't yeah. great? Heath oh, no, I think it was like post NFL politics. Heath Schuler. Oh, okay, so he was back on the uprise. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he he was out of the NFL by ninety seven. Ninety seven was his last year that yeah, he had has his stats. So yeah, I was there. It was probably right after his career. Yeah, would have been right after his career. So handsome. He, he Heath Schuler decides to do an acronym for Macaulay. He's like, oh, that's a lot of words. M, you know, uh, men, C, courageous, you know, et cetera, wow. et cetera. He misspelled the school's name. That's, that's hard, yeah. <laughs> he, do. he missed like an L or an I or something. Everybody's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's just like hundreds of high school kids just in shirts and ties just berating him. Wait a second. There's an I in Macaulay? M-C-C-A-L-L-I-E. Oh, it's not EY. Okay. I was gonna he, that. he missed an L. He missed a letter. I can't remember what he missed. I thought he, I had you. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. You, you got to, that was gotta, risky for him to do with, with like such a long word. Like, well, it was like, write it, write it down, man. Yeah. No card or just do Schuler. Don't, don't mm-hmm. be a hero. That's right. Yeah. Moving along. Oh, we didn't even really discuss the, the, the Bengals pick. I it's guess. all good. Oh, Jamal- uh, when I, oh, let me say this. Our buddy Paul Daner, um, actually tweeted about this. He said it on the local newscast. He thinks it's Jamar Chase. He thinks that uh, the oh. Bengals have basically hinted that it's going to be Jamar Chase. They feel like, according to how Daner explained it, that since they have Riley Reed, they feel comfortable, more comfortable than than they would have otherwise. And they have the pick at the top of the second round if they want to circle back there. So he thinks 10 years ago they took A.J. Green fourth overall, and they feel like this is that type of talent. And uh, it, it appears not. to be leading this way. What would you say? No? No. Jamar Chase is not A.J. Green. Come on. He's AJ Green at least 2018. <laughs> he, he's well. <laughs> Fair AJ Green, you, you got me there. You got me there. <laughs> Some unfair AJ Green heat there. Yeah, Ali. I I do think I think it matters that Joe, that Joe Burrow wants Jamar Chase. I know Definitely. that's. I know it's. You don't want to let your quarterback run your draft. But if, if this guy, if you, if, if Joe Burrow comes out, it's like, I really, 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 really want you guys to get Jamar Chase, you know, you make your quarterback happy. Nothing wrong with that. So what if, what if Russell Wilson goes to the Seahawks and he says, man, I, I really want Jamar Chase on this team? Well, we only have three picks. I can't help you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know, but I'm saying, you know, is, is, uh, unwilling as they have been to meet his demands over, uh, recent years. Right. They're more likely to take a front seven player on defense than they would be to, to Yeah. Uh, I feel, yeah. I feel like the Bengals situation is a little bit different though, because ironically, Joe Burrow tore his ACL playing behind a bad offensive line. And, you know, first round pick last year, they have this horrible history of alienating star court or, you know, Air Bunny, Air Bunny, star quarterback, Bunny years, um, star quarterbacks like Andy Dalton, you know, Carson Palmer. 
And I, I, I think Cincinnati is a team where the way that the media market works and the way that this front office works that you would, it would behoove you if you are betting on draft props or you're trying to make a mock draft, or you're trying to make predictions about the draft to listen to a guy like Paul Daner, who is very plugged in with the Bengals and yeah. who is not going to, is not going to be worried, too worried about, you know, giving the, like the Bengals don't care. They're not trading. They're at five. If somebody moves up to four and takes Jamar Chase in front of them, they'll just take Panay Sewell or I Kyle Pitts. Right. You know, like I, they don't care. Yeah. I do think we all agree that it should be Panay Sewell, but I don't think it's going to be Panay Sewell. I think it should be Jamar Chase. Okay. That's fine. Me too. So I think we're split, uh, cause I think it should be Panay too, but I, I honestly think that Cincinnati, the local fan base is probably on board with Jamar Chase. I think that's probably. Right. Who they're I leaning think, yeah. at this point. I think you're right, Josh. And I think Daner had mentioned that as well. That That's the other thing. And I don't know, like I don't pay enough attention to the Bengals because they're not worth paying attention to unless Breach is talking about kickers. But I don't know how influenced Brown is by the, the fan. fan Probably feelings. zero influence. You, you don't think? think? No. no, I think at this is. point, I think the PR like for Chase would be a little better than it would be for Penny Sewell. I mean, just because of the Joe Burrow connection, I think in wide receivers, like a flashier position. Historically, Mike Brown hasn't been though. You're right, Prince. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think he cares. I, I do, I do, I just think they're, they're thinking, okay, both of these, both of these players are really good. We're going to make Joe Burrow happy and we're going to have a loaded, you know, skill position group and, you know, make something to work, yeah. Zach Taylor. Moving along. <laughs> we actually have a trade. Trapasso and, uh, and Josh Edwards make a trade. Wow. On a, on a four man mock draft. So Josh sent out in our little email thread that as Chris Greer, the GM of the Dolphins, he did not like how the board fell, and he wondered if anyone wanted to trade up. And I had the Broncos pick. Um, they're George Payton, their new GM. They're in Denver, and we made a trade number nine to number six, and the Broncos are picking Justin Fields from Ohio well, State. Did, I traded. I see. We need to know what you sent back to. I, yeah, I sent a second rounder, number 40 overall, and a fifth round pick, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it is only moving up three selections, uh, and the Dolphins just add to their enormous amount of draft capital that they have. Okay. Um, uh, Justin Field, look, I, I like it. I mean, Denver needs to give some, get some competition for Drew Locke, and just the way that things have kind of worked out with what we've seen from mock drafts, I don't think it would be, it would be good to like Trey Lance is always the guy that's available for him at nine, and it doesn't feel like Trey Lance is necessarily that twenty twenty one ready to roll competition for Drew Locke, right? No, yeah, I I mean I think Trey Lance would be considered, um, and and I did consider him, uh, but I think. Justin Fields has the ability to beat Drew Locke out as a rookie and then really take off as a rookie with that skill position group. The offensive line played a little bit better. I thought about more the long play, being that some people think Trey Lance has a higher upside and then he would need like a redshirt season. But I think new GM uh, who has made been a part of big quarterback splashes in the past there up in Minnesota uh, would want someone that is more ready to go from the start, and I think that's Justin Fields. All right, love it. Lions on at seven. Wilson, who are you taking? I'm assuming they're not going. We like as we've talked about. We have no idea what they're going to do in terms of the quarterback. I, 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 the buzz is that they're they're not going to go. That they're out on the quarterbacks. And I will repeat what I've been saying for weeks now. If Jared Goff can't make it work with Sean McVay, he's a dead man walking in Detroit. So, yeah. but whatever, mm-hmm. knock yourself out, Dan Campbell. I haven't taken Jalen Waddle. If you're going to roll with Jared Goff, get him weapons. 
Marvin Jones is gone. Kenny Galladay has gone. Yada, yada, yada. And I'll just point out before we move on to number eight, because we, we did this, we started Thursday with, with trying to go through this mock draft and Brinson was a no show after Thursday. Not surprisingly. So this is the pick that I had for eight. You didn't even see this, Brinson, because you don't read your emails. Um, you all, picking, all facts and undeniable facts that I will not dispute in any way whatsoever. You're picking eight for the Panthers. And after two days, almost 48 hours, you didn't respond. So I made my own trade. I said the Steelers send Dwayne Haskins and a 20. 20- <laughs> And a 2024 seventh rounder to Carolina in exchange for Christian McCaffrey, the number eight pick, and the Steelers take Trey Lance. Debo as the commissioner vetoed it, but that was what I was hoping would happen. <laughs> so you're on the clock, Carolina. Uh, I was running around preparing for my wife's birthday on Friday. It went outstanding. Thanks Great. for asking. Big win. Yeah. Yeah. How did she feel? I like will you take. How did you feel? How did she feel like you announcing to the world that she's the big four zero? Uh, she didn't care. Robbie's been running around telling everybody, my mom's birthday is today. She's 40. Ooh. Good. Yeah. Okay. Tell, tell, okay. 40 is the new 25. So she's all good. Uh, uh, look, the Panthers, maybe what happened was the Panthers, uh, Panthers GM, new GM Scott Fitterer was so surprised by how this board fell by the trade by the Broncos up and the Lions taking Jalen Waddle that he just went out and got hammered because he was so thrilled that Panay Sewell fell to him at number eight. This is a sprint up and, and turn the card in situation for the Panthers at Panay Sewell's at eight, right, Josh? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast before. You acquired Sam Darnold from New York, um, who notably did not have the skill talent around him, the offensive uh, sk- uh, power around him to be successful in New York. So uh, to avoid the same mistake when you're bringing him to Carolina, you try to get him some pieces around him that are going to enable him to be successful and uh, obviously, a left tackle is one of the easiest ways to do so. Love yeah, it. that's what Darnold needs, for sure. Yep. I mean, you got to protect him. It, their move to get Darnold took them out of a, a, an aggressive quarterback market. I think if Justin Fields falls to them at eight, they will absolutely consider him. Uh, Joe uh, Joe Person, friend of the podcast, has reported as much. Don't think it's likely that it happens, but I think they will absolutely consider him, and they're probably going to go Panesu or Rashawn Slater at eight otherwise. But a cornerback wouldn't Let me be, ask you uh, quickly before we move on. The Justin Herbert said he would love to be reunited with Panay Sewell and they are in the market for an offensive tackle. Would you consider trading down to 13 with the Chargers if the price is right? I would consider doing that if I was Carolina. Okay. If, if the, if the price is right. Cause at 13, you're not getting Panay Sewell. Maybe get Rashawn Slater. There'll be, maybe there's a, the, the top two cornerbacks may be gone. So you, you may have some 13. I would probably need a future first. Good Lord. All right. Okay. I mean, maybe just the first, just the first first rounder, just the first rounder to go from eight to. Yeah. I mean, next year's first rounder, you eight's all yours, Los Angeles. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Okay. I I don't, I I think I 13 is dangerous. Right. Because the offensive tackle, both Rashawn and Panay could be gone. Both uh, JC and And, Sertan could be gone. So you, you might be left holding, you know what? The bag. A pile of poop. I know. A yeah, poop. A poop, poop filled. A poop filled bag. Mm-hmm. On fire too. <laughs> Flaming bag of poop. Cool. Uh, Josh, you are up as the Miami Dolphins, having traded back to nine. Well, uh, are you happy with how this all worked out for you? Yeah, I'm happy. As, as Traps alluded to, um, you know, I was working the phones. I was trying to move back a little bit because the board did not work in my favor. I was hopeful that I was going to get Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. Uh, I got neither instead, and uh, Denver was the only one that answered my call. So uh, here we are, and I decided to take 
Devontae Smith, the wide receiver from Alabama, uh, the third of the perceived top three wide receiver options in this draft class, um, to move back, get some extra draft capital, and still get one of those top three wide receivers was a win for me. I love it. makes a lot of sense. I agree. Especially with the tool connection. I think Devontae Smith's going to be good. So wait, uh, really, you got a second rounder from the Broncos for this. Now, now Josh, as a impartial analyst here, um, do you, as Chris Greer, feel stupid for giving up a first round pick in exchange for a second round pick to move up one spot? Because that's what you did with that Eagles trade. <laughs> All of a sudden, it looks like it may have been a questionable move. I didn't understand the motivation to make that trade in the moment when they did. Um, it seemed more like an on-the-clock type situation where you work out those parameters before the draft, um, you know, saying, hey, if one of these two guys are there, we'd love to move back up and get them. Here's what we would give you. Instead, they decided to make that move a month early, um, and I think they kind of gave away a little bit of their leverage. So, um, it's not an ideal situation, but honestly, it's probably the best that you could do in the moment. Yeah. Uh, I have another question. Do you regret giving up a second round pick for Josh Rosen? No comment. Oh! <laughs> no Seriously. one talks about that, by the way. That, no that's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> what, what overall pick, what pick was that? It was in the second round, so it was 64 or less. It, it was mid to late because Arizona had, uh, or, or Miami rather, had traded back into the second round, so they weren't giving up a high second round pick in exchange for Josh Rosen. At this point, you're not giving up a seventh, seventh round pick for Josh Rosen. I mean, no. Oh, that was the uh, that was Andy Isabella. Yeah, yeah. who is also oh, yeah. as, as about a good a quarterback as Josh Rosen is in the NFL. Jesus. And two picks later, DK Metcalf went. So. And then four picks later, Deontay Johnson went. So that could have been. I was looking back at, uh, I don't know if you remember this, been. when I, uh, we were doing, we were going through my seven round mock draft two years ago at Deontay Johnson going to the Steelers in my seven round mock draft in the seventh round. I was wrong on that. <laughs> That's great. All right. Moving along on the clock. Josh Edwards back on the clock. The Dallas Cowboys. You're Jerry Jones. You get the Chris Green and Jerry Jones are back to back days. What a, what an exciting time to be alive. It's mm-hmm. like living with a mosquito. <laughs> so, with the 10th overall pick, uh, the Dallas Cowboys are taking Patrick Sertan the second, the cornerback out of Alabama. I think he is, um, the best cornerback prospect in the class. And is it's uh, not a very good secret at this point. Dallas needs help with the position. Um, so that was an easy selection for me. I know, uh, we have a draft props article coming out between Chris, Ryan, and I tomorrow, and uh, you'll notice that J.C. Horn is perceived as possibly the top cornerback coming out, um, and that's good value if, if you're looking to get into the market. But for now, I'm taking Patrick Sertan. I think he's the best cornerback all day, and I'm happy with the choice. I would agree with that assessment of the, the draft market. You don't want to bet on – I mean, Horn could jump him, but I think most people believe Sertan is the top cornerback in this class. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, more NFC East picks. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Ryan Wilson, your dream comes true. You get to be Dave Gettleman. <laughs> That's right, you're Dave Gettleman. Ryan's doing the, the typing thing that Gettleman once did famously. Uh, you can watch it on the live stream. Wilson, are you taking an 11 with uh, all the all the top wide receivers off the board? I would love to take a wide receiver here because they desperately need wide receivers, uh, even though they signed a few in, in free agency. But the top three, is, as uh, Josh mentioned earlier, those guys are gone. You're not taking a, a, another wide receiver this high. You could potentially take an edge rusher. That feels sort of high, but again, you know, uh, right around 13, 14, 15, they're going to start going off the board anyway. Uh, but instead, I pull a Gettleman, and I take a, a big guy. I take a, a guy on the offensive line, Rashawn Slater, who is one of my favorite players in this draft. He can play tackle. He can play guard. He worked out at center during his opt-out year, so he has a lot of versatility. Uh, Nate Solder isn't nearly the player he was in New England. It hasn't really worked out. Uh, no. Yeah, so he, he is a guy who can fill in there. He can play inside if you need him to. So uh, if we're talking about protecting Joe Burrow with Panay Sewell, which didn't happen in this draft, then we certainly need to be talking about protecting Danny Dimes, who has close to, somewhere between 400 and 600 turnovers his first two years in the league. So uh, to make that uh, less of an issue, Rashawn Slater. Well, and I think that you talked about him playing at guard. That is key for the Giants because Nate Solder opted out for – for health reasons of the 2020 season. And as a result, and perfectly fine for him to do it, bad news for the Giants because his contract told. They'd be, they would have cut him this offseason if his contract hadn't told because they could save $14 million in, in cap space. Instead, he's just not cuttable. You can't, you know, you're not saving any money. I guess you could designate him a, a post June one release, um, but that would still save you $0 on your cap. So they're going to keep him. They're going to trot him out there for one more year. And to me, if they're doing that, it means they're either going to go with Slater or Elijah Vera Tucker, both of who can play inside if they ultimately go with an offensive lineman. And I think that's probably where Dave Gettleman's head's at. So it really just depends on are, th- are three wide receivers gone by 11? If not, I think they go wide receiver. If the wide receivers are gone. you think Gettleman will take a wide receiver at 11 if one's there at the top three? Yeah, I think so. Remember, he did Calvin Benjamin. I can't see him picking Devontae Smith at 166 pounds. At well, you know one. my joke about the – he only takes fat wide receivers too, so that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. there, are no, there are no fat wide receivers. <laughs> Where are my fat wide receivers? <laughs> I am on the clock, I believe. No, yeah, I'm on the clock with the Philadelphia Eagles. You're picking I'm, for Debo, baby. I'm, I'm Howie Roseman, everybody. I'm taking J.C. Horn. You know why? Because I got a lot on J.C. Horn's under, and I didn't even go before 13. No, uh, 13, 13, and 13 and a half. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that. That would be close. That would be good. What does Debo I, think about that? Yeah, I was going to ask Debo. I wouldn't even Debo give loves analysis. It. I hope Brinson loses all bets all the time. Is that what you were asking? <laughs> yeah, that's what we were asking, Debo. Debo is willing to, forgo, uh, to undergo another four-win season if Brinson loses all his bets. <laughs> nah. so joke's uh, on you. I bet on the Eagles to, to win the division. Got <laughs> Good, good, what do you think about, no, of course, what do you think right about, uh, Chasey Horn? Considering what is on the board right now, I'm okay with it. 
uh, obviously would like one of the Bama wide receivers if they drop there. I am completely cool with 166 pounds as a fellow, uh, very skinny person. Um, so I'm, I'm cool with, I'm, I'm cool with Horn here. If, if not, I'd also be okay with someone like Vera Tucker and Darisol, who we hear from pretty shortly. Um, if, if Slater's also gone, but considering what's there, I really like the pick. Cool. That is, actually, that, that makes sense. Demonte Smith has to be Debo's guy, a fellow protein shake aficionado. It, it would be, it would be a little odd for them to take another wide receiver in the first round, right? Well, they messed up, they messed up the first time. But I was, it's you're acknowledging that Jalen Rager ain't it. And I thought but Jalen Rager flashed some last year. I think he'll be okay. I think he injuries and whatever, but I think, I think a white side is not the answer. And obviously Alshon Jeffrey's old and, and he's, he's done. So after that, what do you have? <laughs> they have nothing. Right. They have Travis Fulgham, who was a fun story for a few weeks, but I mean, and they have Hightower, who's coming into year two, but uh, again, there's no real depth there. Converted quarterback, Greg Ward. Can't forget about him. Greg Ward. Yeah. That's disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, th- that's the argument is that even if you take Devontae Smith, maybe you're, you're not saying, all right, Rager is not good. You're just right. saying we got to have more guys and, uh, Devontae and, and, um, Hertz would have played together a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Early on, um, Alabama, yeah. Okay. Next up. It's me. Chris Trapasso. Tom LA Chargers. Yes. He's actually from Buffalo, so that kind of works out perfectly for me. Uh, the LA Chargers are picking Christian Darasaw, the offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. Uh, I think what Ryan's little theory there about them moving up to pick Penny Sewell, that, that would be really fascinating to see on draft night. I think that could be a, a sneaky, Trade up that we're not hearing too much about, but if they can't get Penny Sewell, they absolutely need a left tackle for Justin Herbert. They like don't have one right now that is even capable of being a average starter. So I really like Christian Darasaw. He's actually my number two tackle in this Ooh. class. This is one of the easier picks for me in this mock. If let's say this won't happen, but just for the, the sake of argument, if it's offensive tackle or Kyle Pitts is still there, is there any way you're not taking Kyle Pitts? No. If Kyle Pitts is there, I'll pick Kyle Pitts. I have okay. him graded higher, but I think offensive tackle is a bigger need. I mean, right. I guess they need tight end too after losing Hunter Henry. Uh, but Justin Herbert fared well, actually very well under pressure, but you don't want to keep throwing your young quarterback like under pressure too often, 40, 50% of the time. Right. He, he ain't Matt Jones is what you're saying. I got it. Mm-hmm. Exactly what I was saying. <laughs> Uh, all right. I like, yeah, Darisol's fine there. Um, 13 is, is definitely, you know, you talk about the Chargers and the Panthers trade down. Um, it like really said, does. That's the risky part. It, of it feels like it, this is where after 12, assuming, even if, even if Trey, assuming Trey Lance doesn't go, it feels like it dips off pretty fast. And then at 13, um, yeah, same deal. Anyway, moving along to Josh Edwards, who's playing the role of Rick Spielman for the Minnesota Vikings. You're on the clock, sir. So my decision comes down to offensive line versus defensive line, specifically edge rusher. Um, and with the 14th overall pick, I'm taking Elijah Vera Tucker, the interior offensive lineman from USC. Um, he has the flexibility to play left tackle if necessary, but I think he's potentially an all-pro guard if you move him inside. So um, you've got Ezra Cleveland from last year, a very athletic player that played inside but could possibly move out the tackle. You've got a similar situation with Elijah Vera Tucker. So gives you a little bit of flexibility among those those top five positions. Um, and I feel like my offensive line is significantly better all day. Yeah. It's either that, I agree. maybe edge rusher. 
Although, interestingly, Josh, Pete Prisco's last mock draft had him going Trey Lance. Oh, that well, he's here in this mock, too. He's that would be interesting. You didn't think about it, though. Honestly, no. Um, it's it's not a bad decision if you were to go in that direction. Obviously, it's a pretty steep change from the current system. Um, Again, more Mac, Mac Jones hate there. I hear it. Go ahead. I don't. I don't think Kirk Cousins is a, is a bad quarterback. He's he's certainly serviceable, but it's almost like a similar conversation to what Las Vegas is going through. Are you happy with where you currently are, or do you take a shot in the dark and you know potentially try to get one of those franchise quarterbacks? I love that I've become the guy to defend the unathletic the Kirk Cousins of the world. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Kirk Cousins is number two in the NFL among uh, active quarterbacks in completion percentage behind only Deshaun Watson. So Prisco did his last mock draft. It looks like it went up on Saturday or Friday. Uh, they may have updated it, but it came out last week. Okay. And he still Monday. went Justin Fields at three. Oh. He had Mac Jones falling to 15. He's saying on Twitter that he thinks Mac Jones is going to be the guy. So maybe he has two mock drafts coming out this week. One, what he would do, and one, maybe this is what he would do, mock draft, I'm not sure. And what he, what he expects to happen on Wednesday or Thursday. So we'll find out at some point what Pete really thinks is going to happen. No, he Great. has – Sorry, Trey Lance is from Minnesota as well, so that's right. That working in your favor too. PJ, PJ Fleck wanted to play cornerback or something, safety, something weird, like not not quarterback. Mm. Imagine Whoops. a world where you're taking uh row the boat, PJ. That's right. Where you're taking who's the current corner quarterback in Minnesota? What's his name? Tanner Morgan. Yeah, you're taking Tanner Morgan over Trey Lance. You like Kentucky Jake, native. <laughs> it's like Thanks. taking Jake Prom over over Justin Fields. Oh come on, yeah, that happened. Uh, that's true. It did happen. Uh, you're on the. You're, I thought you were making fun of my mock draft again. Uh, you are on the clock, Wilson, with the Patriots at 15. Yeah, the Patriots got you again. Trey Lance sitting right there at 15. They gobble him up. Sits for a year behind Cam Newton, who's on a one year deal. Next stop, Super Bowls, plural. Suckers. How did we let this happen? How, how, how did, did you this let happen? happen? Seriously, is that, is, that, is that Super Bowls with a Z? With a Z, two Zs. The Vikings had a chance there. Mike Zimmer, he said nope. So the Patriots gobbled them up and, uh, it's go time with Josh McDaniels. And I think, yeah, so, uh, Bill Belch just turned 69 years old. So, I mean, how much realis- realistically, how much longer is he coaching? Is he coaching five years from now? I wouldn't be shocked if he was coaching. You think so? All right. Maybe if Trey Lance is turning in Super Bowl performances, you, you continue to coach. You're not doing it with, uh, Jared Stidham. You're retiring, uh, last week. As there, a Bills guy, this would be a nightmare scenario. Right, if, exactly. If okay, and, just falls and, and they have Bills fans wouldn't even care about who they pick at 30. They would be like, oh, my God, they just drafted Trey Lance at 15. And, and that's the other thing. Trade up to get him or anything. So the Patriots, I would, I'm, I'm actually interested in what you think, Trap. So the Patriots have done a lot of damage in free agency and making that team better. If they get – so rank the quarterbacks you do not want them to get from one to three because we know the other two guys are gone. Uh, Justin Fields won, and then <laughs> Trey Lance, and then, oh, and then Mac Jones, three. I, I just think the upside for those two, in my opinion, not your opinion, but my opinion is is a little higher. I, I mean, think, and yeah. I think with like the Cam Newton stuff too, like with yeah. Trey Lance, it'd be the same offense. He could really like learning from someone like Cam Newton with the designed run game and not being the most accurate, but having like high caliber, ta- like raw talent. That would be a really nice like situation for Trey Lance to sit for a full season or half a season behind Cam Newton. I mean, I think you're pretty panicked if you're the, if you're a Bills, Jets, Dolphins and the Patriots get Mac Jones. 
My like, that's I, what, I, I think, I mean, like ready to play Belichick. I mean, that would, that would make me extremely nervous if I was a, if I was a fan of those other teams. I was going to say, so what do you guys think? Like Mac Jones, cause obviously fit, we talk about that. And fit's probably more important for Mac Jones and other, other, those guys. Like Mac Jones ain't going to the Lions and have success. Maybe Justin, maybe Justin Fields does. Right. But Mac Jones in New England. I don't know how that it feels. Goes. It feels scary. It feels scary. Mac Jones like, in New England. Does. That doesn't feel like it's going to go and it's going to turn into a eight and nine season. Now that we have to say eight and nine. I like you think it'd be nine. better than that or worse than that? Oh, I think he would be hitting home runs from huh? day one in that system. And that well, I do better. think that Josh, I think Josh McDaniels would probably want to go back to like the Tom Brady system after kind of the right, disaster exactly. that the yeah. Cam Newton design run power, you know, RPO stuff. Like I, that would be, uh, going back to the Tom Brady system and having a Tom Brady type of quarterback. I'm not going to say he's Tom Brady 2.0 would s- certainly scare Bills fans for sure. Josh, I, you don't want Mac Jones in New England. You don't want New England taking a quarterback, period. If the Pats take a quarterback, that quarterback feels like he's going to be great. And they've never used a first-round pick on a quarterback. Belichick has never used a first-round pick on a quarterback, right? Yeah. So so I I just want to know if Wilson's – Wilson, does your phone work? Because I'm sitting here – I'm sitting here at number 14, and I'm just curious – Washington, you know, I, why didn't, why didn't you make a call with me? Try to get I, up in front of the Patriots. The funny thing is I just checked my phone. I was like, yeah, it's <laughs> you got me. <laughs> nice job. Nice, nice, nice job. Nice job, Marty Herney. Uh, <laughs> or like, Mar- is it Martin, Martin Mayhew? Who's the GM there? Uh, where? DC? Who's actually making the calls for Washington? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I can never remember the new GM's name. I think at one point it was it was Marty Herney, and then I think it was I think it ended up being Martin Mayhew. I think Martin Mayhew is the official. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is Mayhew. He's oh, it is now. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I, I I never I knew that I didn't know his name, and I well, it was sort of weird because what happened Jason, was they Jason hired Rice, the president. They hired yeah Mayhew. Oh, so Herney is the executive VP of football slash player personnel. So they hired Herney. Yeah. And then there was a bunch of like, ah, it's the old boys club. They hired a crusty old white guy who's been fired a bunch of times. Outrage. And they're like, all right, we're going to hire Mark Mayhew. Just kidding. It was very, it was very bizarre. And, J- and Jason Wright, who's, who's black is, is the president. And he's, he's, been, the, he's, but he was there before. Yeah. That who was the weird, making the decision on draft day. But that was like, the weird, the final say. Dan Snyder. We've already <laughs> talked about how he uh, talked two head coaches into a quarterback that they didn't want. I would say that um I would say that it w- the the final decision is probably being made by Ron Rivera. I agree. No. Would be my would be my ultimate guess. Okay. So, I'm on the clock with the Arizona Cardinals at 16 and with that pick. Now that there's some buzz they would take a wide receiver. I don't think that's out of the question. Certainly need some offensive line help. You, 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 Pulling a lot of things that the Cardinals need, but they keep pounding the defensive angle in the draft, and we're going to do it again. My boy Steve Keim going up to the, the clock and taking Greg Newsome, cornerback out of Northwestern. I think that cornerback is a pretty clear need for this team, right, Chris? Yeah, definitely. I mean, with no Patrick Peterson there anymore, and this selection seems like good value, and Greg Newsom's stock has risen over the, just the entire pre-draft process, tested very well. A lot of ball production, very, very quick feet, loose hips. I think that would be one of those hit-the-ground-running selections at a, a gigantic position of need for a team that you're you know, saying Steve Kime. Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury, I, I think, are 
relatively on the hot seat. Like they need to, after all the splash moves that they've made over the past couple of years, they need to start delivering results. And this is an instant impact pick with Greg Newsom. Any complaints about Greg Newsom there at 16 for the Cardinals, Wilson? So you take your 14th pee break of the show. Yeah, I'm having a uh, Sunday fun day. Um, no. Oh, you pounded, you pounded some rosé? Yeah, yeah. As it, as it turns out, I am. Are you, are you really? Yeah, a little red wine, you know. Oh, it is six o'clock on Sunday. You know what, uh, you know what I'm having? I can only imagine some triple IPA nonsense. No, um, my pals at Ridgewood Wine and Beer here in Raleigh here we gave go. me a call and said, Hey, Brinson, we got some beer from the Vale in Richmond. You need to come up and get you some. So I came up and got a big old pallet of it. The Vale. I'm having a green, green Miata Miata and it is friggin' amazing. All I know is that your buddy that promised me Sierra Nevada has yet to deliver my Sierra Nevada. Oh, you know what? It was, uh, it wasn't here. Uh, I, I was supposed to be delivered a big thing in New Belgium. New Belgium. And, you, and I was out of town and UPS tried three times and then sent it back to Colorado. So of course it had to do with you. That's right. I love Greg Newsom. Cool. <laughs> Good. Good choice. All right. Next up. Trapasso on the clock for you are John Gruden with a, with your hand jammed in a Mike Mayock puppet. And you are the Las Vegas Raiders. That sounds Yikes. a little crazy. Uh, you're on the <laughs> clock. A at, weird. <laughs> you're on the clock at 17. Great visualization. Um, the Raiders are going to pick Tevin Jenkins, right tackle from Oklahoma State. We know what happened up front for the Raiders this offseason. They had a mass exodus there. And right now, Brandon Parker and Denzel Good are supposed, are penciled in, supposed to be the right side of their offensive line. Tevin Jenkins, you don't have to move positions. You don't have to flip them to the left side. Nasty, uh, mauler in the run game, good technician in pass protection. This might feel like a reach to most people, but I think if you are going to stick with Derek Carr and a lot of the quarterbacks are already gone, uh, just get him the best protection as possible. That's when obviously someone like Derek Carr can operate at his most efficient, um, when he has a good offensive line. My only concern is that if you're protecting Derek Carr, that's great if he's going to score 60 points a game, but this defense is straight up dog doo doo. So I don't know how you fix that. If you're not taking defensive players, like I, I don't think, I don't think this is too high for Tevin Jenkins. I like Tevin Jenkins and I understand given all the weird things they did with the offensive line in, in the offseason, but I mean, is there a worse defense in the NFL? Nah. Not many. I thought about Christian Barmore. I'm just not as high on him. Uh, I mean, after they cut Maurice Hurst, like the, the middle of their defensive line is pretty barren. Uh, but they have like Max Crosby and Cleveland Furrow. They could maybe go edge rusher here. I just think in today's NFL, I, I always side offense. Like if you can improve your offense, I think that matters just even a little bit more than like getting a good linebacker, like picking Micah Parsons here or even picking someone like Quiddy Pay. So it's all about the quarterbacks, all about scoring points and the Raiders weren't. Terrible. They were in playoff contention until the last couple of weeks of the season. That Ryan Fitzpatrick ridiculous game, uh, that ridiculous fourth quarter comeback from Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I think just getting Derek Carr the most out of him, you do that by drafting Tevin Jenkins here. I think you can make the case that the Raiders go any direction, honestly. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, anything. You know, yeah, they went Henry Ruggs in the first round last year. And by the way, there were that good, including Trey Lance being available here. That, that could be anything. Trey Lance would be real interesting if John Gruden went that direction. And it would, a fresh quarterback face in a draft would probably push back a little of the heat that's starting to build around Gruden and his situation mm-hmm. there. At number 18, Josh Edwards, Chris Greer, back on the clock. Yeah, I'm taking Quiddy Pay, the edge rusher from Michigan, um, to pair opposite of Emmanuel Agba, uh, to supplement my pass rush. I think, 
Um, you know, as you're building a team, you really want to get a dynamic pass rush as well as some good cornerbacks. They've got the cornerback situation solved. Um, so now you turn around, you get that other edge rusher opposite Agba, who had a fantastic year last year. Um, and you're really cooking with gas at that point. First edge rusher at 18. Is it what's the over under that, William Hill? Yeah, I know. That seems like a good. Uh, uh I'm assuming fine Quiddy pays over. It must under. be, it must be under 18. I don't think they have a first edge rusher taken. They had first cornerback because that's what's going to be, uh, that's what's on CBSSports.com on Monday that Josh is writing about that we. And is first cornerback taken or for when the first cornerback is taken? When the first cornerback is taken. Yeah. And when the first linebacker is taken. Because I, I took the under on a guy we'll be talking about soon, Jamin Jamin Davis. First, and that's oh. only the fourth defensive player in the top 18, which would be crazy. But I think we could see something similar to that on draft night. So I'm trying to find – I don't see first cornerback. I don't see the, the location for – the first quarterback, cornerback taken. Quiddy pays over under, however, is 15 and a half at, at, uh, at William Hill. Yeah, that's, that's pretty close. All right. Yeah. Okay. On the clock next. Princeton, I got Just, you real quick with, uh, so they have it first defensive lineman drafted is how they have it. They don't have the distinction of edge on William Hill, but for first defensive lineman, Quiddy pay is the favorite at minus 180. Mm. There you go. And. That's a good point. They've ta- it's weird. At least I know on like my local and we'll have to look at William Hill, but they, they sort of, I, I don't like how they do it. Like, so Aziz Ojolari and Zavin Collins are sort of edgy, edgish guys, right? Or, uh, Ojolari is definitely an edge. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. they're listed under first linebacker. Oh, right. That's right. So, gotta be careful. So like, be careful. Yeah. So when you're making that bet, you gotta be careful. Um, but the way that this draft is shaken out, I don't give a crap. Where Mac Jones goes, because with when I walk up to the uh, the clock, oh no, Wilson's on the clock. Excuse me, with with uh, with Washington. But before you tell us who you're going to take with Washington, I want to tell you guys about the all new Stitcher podcast app. It's been rebuilt from the ground up to make it easier to listen to podcasts on the go or on the revamped web player. Stitcher is home to all your favorite podcasts from classics like My Favorite Murder, This American Life, and How Did This Get Made to all the CBSOs such as the First Cut Golf Podcast, Fantasy Baseball Today, and of course your favorite. Pick six. In Stitcher, you have more control, like setting your download preferences per show and the ability to listen at virtually any speed. With Stitcher, you can listen to your podcast anytime, anywhere. So give the all-new Stitcher a try. Download it in the App Store or at stitcherapp.com slash download. Ryan Wilson, you are Martin Mayhew slash Marty Herney slash Ron Rivera. Who you taking at 19? Yeah, so no quarterback. Phone does work, it turns out. Offensive linemen are gone. They certainly love to get an offensive lineman there. Um, their defense is actually pretty solid except for linebacker. So I'm taking Jamin Davis and he is the first linebacker off the board. I do Woo! believe. Make and it that, happen in real life, please. And that is, yeah, you got good odds on that. And, um, the, I think that, let me check real quick. I'm looking at William Hill. D will probably find I think that's going to happen. I think he will be the first linebacker off the board. Oh, Michael please Parsons. make it happen. 10 please. to 1 right now. He is plus, please. he is still plus 1000 right now. At, wow. um, William Hill. Uh, this includes, as you were just sort of noting, uh, Brenton, Micah Parsons, uh, Osukor Moa, all linebackers. Azizo Jalari's in the mix. He's not a linebacker. He's an edge guy. Zavin Collins is uh, more linebacker. Joseph Asai played linebacker two years ago. He's more of an edge guy now. But either way, at plus a thousand, it, it feels like a great pick. Um, 10 to one. Micah Parsons has some maturity concerns and, and JOK, I don't know. Like, where do you play him? He could end up being a safety. Who knows? So anyway. I have him going to Washington football team, and I think 
the great thing about going there is you don't have to do everything right away because you're playing with a bunch of other guys who are just dominating. So you just have a role, you execute it, and, and it makes life easier for that offense who currently has Ryan Fitzpatrick as a quarterback. Hey, um, I'm just looking at uh, Davis. I have a significant amount of leverage on Mr. Davis going <laughs> for going as the first linebacker off the board. That would be a holy Moses. Would that be a Josh? A big... How do you how do you feel about the idea of Jamie going first? I'm comfortable with it because no, I think and the chances that it happens based on what you know. Yeah, you know, I think. I think it's fairly fairly good chance that it happens because of the reasons that you kind of laid out. Um, Micah Parsons, there's some issues with maturity and some off-field stuff. Uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa is he, – he's not your traditional off-ball linebacker. He's going to be in a specialized role. Um, I would love to see him in the de- defensive system of a, a Vic Fangio disciple uh, because of the role that he plays. Um, Zayvon Collins – you know, he supposedly he bulked up to 270. Like, I just I don't know if he's trying to be an edge rusher. Uh, if you're an off ball, that's too that's big. too big. Huge. Um, so, you know, is that done on purpose? Like, I would want to know if that was done on purpose because he's going to have to drop that if he's going to be an off ball. Um, and then finally, Aziz Ojolari is probably the biggest wild card in all of this because it wouldn't surprise me if he was the fifth edge rusher taken. Uh, or he was the first, but at the end of the day, he's listed as one of these linebackers. So I think that has to be the consideration, yeah. and it's probably the biggest obstacle to to Brinson winning this bet. That's a great point. Like Ojolari is sort of the wild. That's like almost like putting Trevor Lawrence in here. Like he doesn't play that position, and you're sort of ignore him. And then at the end of the day, he's gonna, he could end up very easily going ahead of, of those guys. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I would win. Do you know how many units I'll win if Davis is the first linebacker taken? I don't want to know. No. Okay. <laughs> Next up, 73. That's how many units. I knew you could not say <laughs> I'm on the clock with the, uh, for the Chicago Bears. I am Ryan Pace. I have put on my blindfold. I have pulled out my dartboard and I have taken Caleb Farley, a, uh, potential top five talent who slips because of injury concerns with back issues coming out of Virginia Tech. Any issues with me taking Farley this high? Uh, Zero. we'll just have to see what his back is. That's, that's a huge thing. I will say my lasting memory of one of my lasting memories of the draft last year wasn't so much Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury setup. It was Nagy setup where he was in that little padded cell with wall, pa- wallpaper, just names everywhere. Uh, all of tight ends, presumably. Yep. Now this is fine. If he's healthy, it's great. If not, you know, it's a perhaps a couple situation, but not as great. Okay. Uh, traps, you said you see, you seemed like you were fine with it. Uh, Josh, I assume you'll, you'll nod and say, yeah, sure. Whatever. Brian Pace. <laughs> Um, Honestly, and, I think he'll probably last until the early part of the second round. Um, I think is it there's the back. You think? Yeah, I mean, this year with so many unknowns um, and not having the full availability to to check these guys, uh, it's a little bit more concerning than maybe what it would be in years prior. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's probably more likely that he lasts until day two, as far as the talent is concerned. I mean, you're you're getting a steal if you get a healthy version of Caleb Farley at this point in the first round. I, w- I would agree with that. All right, on the clock for the Indianapolis Colts, Chris Trapasso, you are up at 21. I'm Chris Ballard, and I am picking Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, the wide receiver. I know the offensive tackle spot is a need with Carson Wentz there. We know we talked about Sam Darnold earlier. There's, if there's another quarterback that needs to have a good offensive line, it's probably Carson Wentz, but – 
it seems like since Frank Rick has gotten there, there's always been a need for more firepower on offense at the skill positions. And Paris Campbell's been injured, hasn't really turned out. They don't really – I mean, T.Y. Hilton resigned, but he's over 30 at this point. He's not the same type of wide receiver. Get Carson well, get Carson Wentz a uh, possession slot receiver who can also stretch the field. I really like Elijah Moore's film. And I think – the pro day, running in the four threes, having a crazy workout, I think will elevate him. Uh, maybe this is a little high, but definitely somewhere in the back third of the first round. Well, if you want to, if you want to bet on Elijah Moore to be the uh, or, or the Colts to take a wide receiver, six to one at William Hill. There's good value. A stout price there. Are we all concerned about it being too small, or no one cares about that? I didn't care about that with him on film. All right. All right, <laughs> all right moving along. Two. Me, no, Josh, Titans, 622. So I gave them Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle from Alabama. Um, a bit of a polarizing prospect, depending on who you talk to. He may go in the middle of the first round. He may go early second round. I mean, it's it's a pretty reasonable gap between uh, projections, depending on who you talk to. Um, the reason that I did not go edge rusher is because you signed Bud Dupree. They seem to be fairly invested on the other side as well. Um, and then there's no really good cornerbacks on the board that I would want to take this early. So um, I'm taking Christian Barmore to plug in next to Jeffrey Simmons uh, and mm-hmm. in front of Bud Dupree and, and Harold Landry and every every other piece that they've got. I think maybe linebacker would be another position that they consider, but uh, I'm, I'm looking at Barmore here as a potential uh, player that can continue to develop and be a really special player down the road. All right. And – I believe so. Quiddy Pay is a to first, would would have been the first defensive lineman taken. I, I took Barmore at eight to one to be the first defensive lineman taken. I don't really love that prop. I would, I would sell out of that if I if I had the ability. Instead, I will just uh, walk up here as as Joe Douglas and catch the free falling Micah Parsons, who has some off field red flags that are easily Google or I guess technically in locker room red flags that are technically Googleable and and uh, an off field. Googleable, yeah, like and um, so I will, but I will take uh, I will take Micah Parsons. I just think the Jets are still in a best player available sort of situation. Wouldn't mind if they use a second first round pick to add a a weapon and a w- deep wide receiver draft to help benefit Zach Wilson. But uh, I think it's perfectly fine to take Parsons here, right? Yeah, if I mean it's a risk. It's like a risk with Caleb Farley with the injury issue. If you can get the most out of them, and fingers crossed, they don't. I will say this. I don't know if you guys saw this on, on Twitter on, on Sunday. There, I think it was the coach's clinic and Saban was talking to the coaches via Zoom and he's talking about and and butt guys. And mm-hmm. he basically said you go through the scouting report and everything's rosy and, and he's also a good person. He's also a good teammate. Same scouting report, but he's a, a dumbass. He's a knucklehead. He does, th- he, you know, he actually, the, the phrase that Saban actually used is but the strength coach wouldn't piss on him if he was on fire. I, I mean, so do you want to be an and or a butt guy is a lesson that, that Saban tells his, his players. And, and it, obviously we understand the implications there. And, and I just think that it feels like that Mike is a, a butt guy. So Joe Douglas has to figure out if, if he can get the most out of him, if Robert Sala can get the most out of him. And you feel like Robert Sala would probably be the guy to do it, but you, you just never know. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money and all that other stuff. But I mean, just on the field, you, you love it. You, you love it. 
And especially for the longest time during like this whole pre-draft process, like Micah Parsons was like a locked into the first round guy. So like at 23, the value just for a team that has still a lot of holes, even after picking Zach Wilson at two, like you just say, Hey, this is great value for a guy that fell recently because of all this locker room stuff. Um, but it is super young and very, very talented, fast, big linebacker. All right, Steelers on the clock at 24. There's no chance that Ryan Wilson, you would do something that they've only done once in the past 30 years and take a running back in the first round, would you? Do you know who that running back was? Rashad Mendenhall. Of course I do. Yeah. What year? 2008. Golly, are you looking? Booyah! I'm looking. What are you talking Like I just answered your questions in five seconds. That's pretty good. Yeah, well done. Yeah, so all I was, I was, I was, I was researching it last week, actually. That's fine. You still remembered it. All the offensive linemen that they need are des- are gone, uh, unfortunately, that they desperately need are gone. Uh, the cornerbacks they, they need, but I mean, do you want to take one here? Now you're in cornerback four or five. So instead they go with their running back one. And our guy, Jason Kapora has mentioned that Najee is a favorite of the Steelers. He got by past 18. The Dolphins apparently like him as well. Uh, other people have reported that the Steelers are high on Najee. The running game was straight up dog duty last year. There have been some comps with, with Le'Veon Bell. And I can, if you squint, you can sort of see it. And Le'Veon Bell offers both the the best in the run game and and the, as a pass receiver, so he checks all the boxes. And uh, it doesn't it doesn't fix the terrible offensive line situation they have, but uh, perhaps they can circle back and, and address some of those later in the draft. Um, this is going to be a weird draft for Steelers fans because you're not going to get anything sexy beyond perhaps Najee Harris in round one. Otherwise, it's going to be offensive linemen, it's going to be cornerbacks, it's going to be edge rushers, and, and sort of no, you know skill position impact players outside of running back. So you get Najee here, or maybe you, you take a flyer on, on a guy. I mean, I, I would not take Creed Humphrey here. Some people like him as a first-round pick. I don't. And then maybe you get lucky at Javante Smith or someone, or Javante uh, Williams, excuse me, um, at 55. But I don't think he's going to be there at 55. We'll, we'll talk about it on the, uh, you know, on the, on the prop show. But I think the number of running backs taken, and by the way, Pittsburgh, minus one be one and a half. Minus one ten, take a running back first player drafted. Wow, do you, that's do you, have, do you have other positions listed, or just that it? Offensive lineman plus two fifty, cornerback five and a half to one, linebacker fourteen to one, defensive lineman twenty to one, wide receiver twenty five to one. Yeah, they're not taking a wide receiver. Yeah, right. I mean that that sounds about right. I mean offensive lineman that makes sense. Najee right. Harris also uh, minus one forty five to be the first running back drafted. Etn plus one sixty. Javante Williams plus four seventy five. And I think the number of running backs taken in the first round is either a half or one and a half. I think we it could go over. I know teams don't want to use over. Well, I, I I don't think two or three running backs would be that surprising in this first round. Three would be shocking. The only reason I say that is that in a year like this with so much unknown, you don't have the medicals in this weird draft class. I feel like teams might potentially say, you know what? We are taking a running back because we feel confident in this guy that this guy's going to be a player and we're not going to look like idiots with this first round pick. Maybe, and but- after those first three, there's kind of a cliff. Like it's a decent running back class, but it's either Harris, ETN or Williams. And then after that, it's like there's not these, you know, third, fourth round guys that you feel can come in and be like a feature back right away. Chuba Hubbard, Puka Wilson. <laughs> I love their names. All right. On the clock, traps, Jaguars again. Chris, uh, uh, you are up on 20, number 25. Yeah, I'm running the Urban Meyer show in Duval County. And I thought about Rondell Moore because of the Ohio or, or just the Percy Harvin role that he could play there in Jacksonville, but they do have LaVisca Chanel. So I'm going safety Trayvon Merrig 
from TCU. It's not the sexiest pick, but he is the consensus top safety. And they do have some pretty nice offensive pieces, obviously led by Trevor Lawrence and DJ Chark. Uh, James Robinson had that amazing undrafted free agent rookie year. They got to add to the defense. They got to round out this team and to get the top safety here at 25 overall, I think is a nice spot uh, for the Jaguars to, to use that second pick in round one. All right. Next up, any complaints about the Trayvon Mori? No. Cool. Next up is – I lost my place on oh, my rundown. Josh Edwards picking for his Browns. So I'm taking Jalen Phillips, the edge rusher from Miami. Um, at this point in the first round, I think he's just too good of a talent to pass up. Uh, I'm aware of the risks that he has off the field in terms of um, his medical past. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think you're getting a possible top 10 talent to add to that defense as well. So um, similar to Micah Parsons, you put the potential risk in one axis of a graph. You put the potential reward in the other axis of the graph. And you see where those two lines intersect. And it happens to be at number 26 for the Browns here as they take Phillips <laughs> off the board. Well done. Uh, Very I, good uh, justification. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, though, I don't see how this guy goes in the first round. He retired from college football for a year. Because of concussions. That's crazy. And I'm not questioning his, his heart or anything like that or how much he loves the game. If he gets two concussions as a rookie, he's done. I don't understand how you can put, draft that guy in the first round and you're going to get burnt. Like, and you're going to, it's going to be obvious. And it, when you don't, I don't know, man. I just can't see. I, I, I don't blame you taking the, the flyer at 26. I, under, I understand that. I think he just falls out of the first round. That's my personal opinion. Well, the reason he's there is because he's so good. Like he's so incredible. He team. left college football for a year, and he dominated when he showed back up. The only thing I don't have a grasp of is if it was mec- med- medically recommended to him that he needs to give up football, or if it was something that he decided, um, right. you know, for his own future. Uh, so potentially he had a change of heart. That would be one thing that right. that I would try to to get to the bottom of in these Zoom conversations. He also had yeah. a wrist injury too. I don't think he retired because of a wrist injury. I'm pretty sure it's for concussions, but uh, right. You'd feel better if it was because of the wrist injury. Uh, Wilson, you're up for the Ravens at 27. I'm taking uh, probably the the most complete edge rusher at this point in his career, Zizo Jolari, to the Ravens. Uh, I've often had Jason Owe going here to the Ravens, and um, Ravens fans will laugh because he had zero sacks last year, but Owe is going to be really good, I think. But Zizo Jolari is, uh, plays much bigger than 249. Great against the run. Good pass rusher. The Ravens needed after Unique Ngakwe and Matthew Judon both departed. Uh, B town, so edge rusher. All right, on the clock now for the Saints. Me, and I'm going to take Asante Samuel Jr. I want to feel old. I want to draft somebody who I watched, whose dad I watched play in the NFL, and um, with with JC Horn already off the board and Patrick Sertan already off the board. Give me the third kid of a former NFL player in here. Asante Samuel, pick uh, pick six is his Twitter handle. This guy's a ball hawk. Is a, is a dad's ball, uh, Twitter handle. I don't know what the, I don't know what Junior's handle is, but um, also a ball hawk, and uh, I think a good choice for the Saints here, who are going to be dealing with some contract discussions with Marshawn Lattimore, and could certainly use additional help on the other side across from their Pro Bowl cornerback. I will throw a take out there that Asante Samuel is the number two cornerback in this class. When two, three years down the road, all the big names get hyped up. Maybe one of the, like, maybe Sertan's good, maybe J.C. Horn, maybe it's Farley. Asante Samuel, the twitch and the instincts that he presumably got from his dad, 
I think that will lead to him being the second best cornerback, like among the top tier. Maybe there'll be a fourth rounder who ultimately ends up being pretty good, but I really, really like Asante Samuel. So this is a great pick. Uh, over under for Asante Samuel at William Hill, 37 and a half. Whoa. Under. Really? I mean, that's under, a, that's under. A smasher, right? He's going smash it. First five picks what? of the second round. Like Kenny White always says with these draft props, over is the best play, but that sounds awfully high. Yeah. I think that'll be, I think when people are betting it this coming week, and look, we're talking about it. I could see that being down as 33 and a half, something like that. I, I, this I film's just, too good. Yeah. Um, I, I was looking to see where, uh, old Jalen was, but I don't see a position on there for him. So instead I will just pass it back to traps. Who's picking for the Packers at number 29. I'm finally doing it. I'm picking a wide receiver in round one for Aaron Rodgers at the end of his or in the twilight of his career. Rondale Moore, get a, a souped-up version of Randall Cobb. Uh, you made it to the NFC title game, kind of laid an egg. I like Alan Lazard. We know Devontae Adams is an elite wide receiver, but the explosion that you would have with just those top two, with Rondale Moore and Devontae Adams, you could get that number one seed again, host another NFC title game, and hopefully this year win it and then maybe win one more Super Bowl. I think this moves the needle more than a defensive player or offensive lineman, especially given how the board fell. And yes, there is injury concerns with Rondell Moore, but if he's healthy, I think he's a top 20 talent in this class. All right. Next up, number 30. Oh, evil Debo didn't give traps the bills. Instead, it's Josh Edwards picking for the bills at 30. Yeah. So I called the Packers, uh, GM to see what, if he was okay with the pick that I was going to make at number 30. Um, <laughs> you know, so I did get, I did get Traps' blessing on this pick, but, um, you know, cornerback is a position that I wanted to target here. The best options were off the board. I would have loved for Asante Samuel Jr. to be available. Um, but with that being said, I took a personal favorite of mine, and that is Washington edge rusher Joe Tryon. I think he's got a very high floor, but I think he's got a high ceiling as well, and that's something that I have repeated time and time again. I, I, I'm very aware that I'm just beating a dead horse at this point in time. But I firmly believe that. I think he's a really talented player. He's going to give you everything that he has, um, and he's potentially going to be the Jerry Hughes um, in the future for Buffalo. I like to turn a lot, too. I, lo- I think he's going to be good. And Jason Oway was the other that I considered, but um, I just I preferred trying. Too much risk. Too much risk there, I think, with Oway. Uh, by the way, a name that we haven't heard yet, Gregory Rousseau. is not a first rounder this year. He he should go in the fourth round. If you ask me. Wow. No, he's not. Wait 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 wait. He's not <laughs> going to go there. Should he ultimately go in the fourth round? Yes. I think he is the most overhyped prospect in this class. His over unders on William Hill has gotten all the way down to thirty and a half. It was like fifteen and a half. Yeah, Whoa. I think that's a Kenny White over. That, that's probably the safe bet. Yeah, you take the over on him and just watch him fall out of the first round. Because Wilson ain't stopping the slide. Nope. With the with these extra first round pick acquired by the Kansas City Chiefs in the Orlando Brown trade, the trade that every mock drafter hated. Because you know they screwed up everything with that deal and all those picks they swapped. You're on the clock at 31 with the Ravens, Wilson. I am going with Gregory Rousseau. No, I'm not. Uh, worth noting, by the way, is something to keep in mind as we do these final mock drafts. Rousseau will be. In, um, Cleveland for the draft. So you're not bringing a guy there that's going in the fourth round. Same with Barmore. So that's just something to keep in mind. Doesn't mean they can't go in the second round, but they're going to be probably picked relatively soon. They bring a lot. How many guys are going to be at the draft? Not that many. Like 13 13 right now. Hmm. So it's also just for whatever reason, 
having to wait overnight as a defensive lineman is not doesn't draw the doesn't yeah. get everybody lathered up. I mean, Porter, Geno, Geno Smith went home. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. And by the way, the weather in Cleveland is uh, not looking great for that three day stretch. So uh, <laughs> to make it even less enticing to go to the Northeast, I literally uh, just packed my time. my rain jacket. Um, it, All right, the Ravens. Yeah. So they. Uh, got rid of Orlando Brown. They obviously need some offensive line help there. They're getting Ronnie Stanley back. Uh, there's convers they're in conversations with Al Villanueva, which is sort of funny if you're a Steelers fan. You don't he he's not going to replace Orlando Brown. So they could go O line here, but we've been talking for quite a few picks now that uh, you're down to O line five or six or seven or whatever now. So instead, going wide receiver, and it was down to Kadarius Tony and Terrace Marshall. My issue with Terrace Marshall is. Uh, not the athleticism he ran a sub four four or the the height, the wingspan, the big catch radius. It's just that he played in an offense when he was at his best, when he was the number three guy with Jamar Chase and, and Justin Jefferson. So Kadarius Tony balled out last year for Florida. Uh, I know he's only five eleven, but he plays much bigger than that. If you're looking for a sort of a, a threat at all three levels, uh, Hollywood Brown still feels like just sort of a one trick pony at this point. He can get better, but he has yet to do so consistently. So I'm going with Kadarius Tony to to open up that offense. And the offense's passing game in particular. I think the Ravens' decision to trade Orlando Brown almost guarantees the over four and a half wide receivers hits because it feels very likely that they will dip their toe in that receiver pool. And we may have already. Let me ask you this quickly. Gotten there anyway? Yeah, we uh, did. So let me, I, and I thought about doing this in my Monday three round mock draft, but I, I decided not to. If you are the Giants at 11, are you willing to trade down to pick uh, pick 31, I think? So you get the Ravens pick 31, I think a second-round pick. Or maybe even just pick 27 and 31. Let's do 27 and 31 to get up to 11, and the Ravens take Devontae Smith. Who's going to be the first one to make the Gettleman joke? <laughs> Dave Gettleman's not trading in the first round. <laughs> but what would you think of the Ravens giving up those two picks to get up to however high they have to get to get Devontae Smith? For as much as I don't like trading up, uh, in general, just as a draft theory, I would applaud them for it given like where they are with Lamar Jackson and the state of that offense. And we've all said it, like there's the top three wide receivers that are the elite prospects. And I think Kadarius Tony's good. I, I don't think that would be a terrible pick at 31, but if you could get Devontae Smith on this offense, you could really give him the ball on a lot of high percentage stuff that Lamar Jackson wouldn't have to be super precise throwing the football. I, I would applaud Eric DaCosta for making that you know, aggressive trade as you see in the Bills, the Browns, and the Chiefs kind of really load up on the offensive side. Uh, Debo, quick question for you. On a scale of one to 10, how, how badly are you flipping out that Field Yates and Adam Schefter are tweeting about Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden's podcast, All Things Covered? I was unaware because I'm completely focused on this podcast right now. That's well, exciting. Field though. Yates, Field, it's, Field, Field tweeted out and, and, the podcast too. Good job by you, Phil Yates. That's the good thing to do. The honest thing to do. And Schefter gave him the retweet. So just thought I'd let you know. Anywho, the over under of wide receivers in the first round at William Hill four and a half. It over. It, no, well, here's the, the the catch. It's now minus three hundred. Oh, <laughs> so okay. what was it like a week ago? Um, it, it got up to two hundred last week, and then it was. I got it at 160, I think, and I, I took it. At, I took it over four and a half minus 160. I wouldn't mind over five and a half. I think we see six wide receivers go in this first round. I know that. I know that people are like, oh, it's deep. It's wide receiver. It's a deep class. 
you can just talk yourself into a lot of these wide receivers. Well, you got six you wide can. receivers, three running backs. By the way, you buried the lead on the on the Pat P thing. The announcement was he changed his number. Yeah. Well, he's number. new new team, so he didn't have to pay for it. Exactly, which is the way to do it. So he's yes. now number seven, which he's wore, which he wore at Florida State, and that's what the, the all things. He, he played college at LSU. Which is oh yeah sorry, <laughs> I, was, I was I was looking at B. You're thinking McFadden. Yeah, yeah, McFadden. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I was thinking you were thinking of Sandy Samuel, but yeah, you're thinking B Mac. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, uh, Pat P was uh, uh I, yeah he's I Pat superstar at LSU would no smoke brainer. you in tennis. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Why don't you put me on all things covered, Debo? You get some real celebrity juice by bringing on you know me. No, they can only tennis. have according to Shaq, they can only have one white guy on all things covered. <laughs> oh my god, that man! All right, Debo, what's more exciting, Shaq talking about talking about you or or the uh, the the heat that you're getting on Twitter right now with that with that for the podcast? Uh, exciting isn't the word. I think the, the Shaq thing was a little unexpected. That was awesome. <laughs> Well, Debo hit him with the Debo peace sign too. But he was like, <laughs> I mean, I, I say like he saw my last name. Like, what was he expecting when I turned my camera on? <laughs> that was classic. That was good. All right, I'll wrap up this first round. I am the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I thought about going Elijah Moore, but yeah, I'm Jason Light. I'm look. I'm a, I'm not asleep at the wheel here. I'm basking in the glow of the Super Bowl, and I forgot. I didn't realize that Elijah Moore was already on the board. So instead, I will go with uh, Travis Etienne, who sort of re- it feels dumb to repeat what the Chiefs did last year, take a running back 32nd overall. I understand that there are other positions of greater value. I wouldn't be surprised if they went in a different direction here, but Etienne is a superstar. That guy is going to be awesome at the NFL level. I am not worried about his production. And when you look at what the, the Buccaneers have at running back, Yes, Ronald Jones has improved as, as, as things have gone along. And yes, Leonard Fournette is apparently great in the playoffs, but Keyshawn Vaughn, man, they added Giovanni Bernard. You can bring Etienne in. It doesn't gotta, feel like they, you got to cut two guys though. Who are you cutting? I mean, Ronald Jones Keyshawn. and Leonard Fournette. Keyshawn, yeah. Keyshawn, you just drafted him in the third round. Yeah. All right. This he also drafted little... a kicker in the second. True. I, now yeah, we're making yeah. fun of him, but Jason Light's drafting has actually been really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that mean, you know, it, it just proves that you need a quarterback. And once you have a quarterback, a lot of things come together. For Every, yeah. Brinson, uh, did you also make this pick because you have the over one and a half running backs in the first round? Yes, that's exactly what I did. See, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. I was going to say, if you're, if you're Jason Light at this point in the first round and one running back has already gone off the board and you know you're going to take a running back at 32, you're probably running the William Hill, smashing that over on the 1.5 so you can cash in. So what, what happens if they're in the, that's exactly uh, right, Josh. What if they're showing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers war room cam and he's got William Hill up on one screen? I mean, that's a conversation with Roger Goodell, I imagine. There are some, by the way, Elijah Moore's uh, draft position over under 29 and a half, surprisingly. I, I got to tell you, the, uh, William Hill does a great job with their site and all that, but having the Panther, like, first position taken props on the same page as all the other props makes it very hard to navigate. I wish they would change that. I think they help you scroll and bet, scroll and bet, scroll and bet. They don't. Mm-hmm. They're not catering to the podcasters who are trying to talk about right, Tommy right. Trimble's t- t- draft position. What is 20, it? 29 is interesting, though, because that covers you with the Packers, the Saints, um, and, you know, Traps had them going number 21 to the Colts as well. So a number of teams that would make a lot of sense there in the back half of the first round. Uh, Tommy Trimble's over under 87 and a half. I like the under. But who knows? Peyton Turner. No. 74 and a half. Under. 
That's gonna be, see, that's going to be close. That feels like a good number. They got some ridiculous names on here. Felipe Franks over under draft position. Oh oh, the, no, no. The, the more ridiculous thing than his name is the dra- get, read out the draft prop. Two twenty nine. I mean, that's insane. Like, who is going to be the Mister Irrelevant? I, I, I think wow. it only takes one Felipe team. Franks getting drafted. I would. No, I think he gets drafted. I think he's like, yeah, he's, he's amazing. But is two twenty nine? Is that is that just you got drafted? If it's under two twenty nine. Well, the thing is, it was at 258. I read it the other day. It was 258, mm. which is literally the next to last pick. Uh, uh, Devontae Smith's draft prop. Oh, yeah, we got a whole podcast for this. We'll talk about him later. We'll do props later. Anything else? Any <laughs> thoughts on the first round that you guys want to add before we get out of here? No, Rashad Bateman is kind of interesting. I mean, we were talking about wide receivers, but he had been a fixture in round one mock drafts forever. Uh, so it's kind of interesting that he's not in this mock. So as I'm looking back, I think uh, the Bills, the Browns, the the Titans, um, the Dolphins, the Jets, I think whoever was making those picks probably had the best haul. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, I will give the Saints and the whoever else I was drafting for A-pluses across the board. Well, and, and full disclosure, Debo made those picks, but sure, give, give yourself the A-plus. I made the last two. Just like the Pixic podcast. Diva does the work, you take the credit. That's correct. That's how it works. Um, that got dumped on. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow.